1: This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform
2: hello
0: everyone welcome to the canadians connection podcast here on rocket sports radio keeping you informed engaged and entertained my name is michael spinella and i'll be your host for the next hour this is episode 282 of the canadians connection podcast and i'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host the editor of the hockey news montreal and the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. And how are you doing today? Happy early Valentine's Day, in case you
2: forgot. Uh, I did forget. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Making a note to get some cards. Um, Yeah, and um, I'm doing well, my friend. Um, I hope you are, too. We're uh, recording this a little bit earlier uh, because it's the traditional uh, Super Bowl weekend. That means the Montreal Canadiens play two matinees, uh, which means we're going to get the podcast out to you earlier. Um, and so you can listen before the game on uh, Saturday or Sunday or whenever you choose to, to listen from your favorite podcasting platform. Um, we've got a pretty big show today, don't we?
0: yeah pretty news heavy in this first segment that's for sure uh only one game to talk about uh, a little bit in the prospect uh news uh we also have some winners and losers and then uh pretty lengthy uh news from around the nhl in segment two i've got two words for you your eye slavkovsky wow. that's going to be the whole segment there so i'm <laughs> sure people will like to hear about that and of course in segment three uh, we'll turn it back over to our listeners and uh, ask our canadians connection question of the week and that is Is it too soon, or are you ready to declare Uri Slavkovsky as the best player in the 2022 NHL draft? We want to make sure that we hear from you, and, uh, of course, we're a pretty interactive podcast. Uh, What's the best way for people to reach out to us?
2: Text us. Text us at the Rocket Sports text line. It is 5853-ROCKET. That is 5853-ROCKET. You have more to say? Email us, hello at rocketsportsmedia.com.
0: And if you... uh, or doing that as well another good way to reach out to us is uh on our social medias head over to uh, at on twitter facebook and instagram also you can check out our website canadiansconnection.fm and uh please make sure that you check out our comprehensive pre-game previews and post-game recaps for every montreal canadians game at thn.com montreal that's the hockey news montreal and here's what's happened since we've been gone. Like I said, just one game, uh Montreal visits Washington on February the 6th and they come away with a pretty lopsided victory, 5 to 2. Uh the Habs got off to a very hot start while the, the Washington Capitals looked completely out of sorts, uh going up 3-0 in that first period. Uh Nick Suzuki capitalized twice within there, two just terrible D-zone breakdowns that uh, led to those goals. And our good friend of the show, Charlie Lindgren, unfortunately, was pulled after that third goal. Not really his fault. The team in front of him was just awful. I don't know what was going on with the Washington Capitals in that period. But, uh, of course, the Caps would not make it uh, that easy for the Montreal Canadiens, as they seem to be the dominant team for uh, most of the rest of the game anyway. The second period, they were absolutely stellar. They managed to close the gap 3-1. Uh, to one. And it probably would have been a little bit closer if it was not for a spectacular save made by David Savard. (laughs) Uh, Well, Sam Montembeau was nowhere to be seen in the net. Um, Third period, the Caps certainly kept up that pressure, but uh, a couple of breakdowns in their own zone and an undisciplined penalty led to two goals from one Uri Slavkovsky. So the Capitals only able to pot one in that third period and uh, 5-2 Habs. I feel like this score just... This has to be like the most undeserved five to two win. <laughs> is that fair to say?
2: Uh, it probably is both teams. Um, yeah, that it was a sloppy game. They both looked uh, out of sorts, as you said, uh, that the players said as much, uh, both teams, each team had been off for nine or 10 days, hadn't played a game and uh, they didn't, they did not look good at all. Particularly the, the uh, there was just no structure to the Capitals game in their own end, constant turnovers, um, out of position, and and the Canadians took advantage. Uh, Nick Suzuki scoring twice in 57 seconds. Um, it was uh, based on that. Once once that hole was dug for the Capitals, despite the fact that they dominated the second period, um, they they couldn't dig themselves out. And and you mentioned that save, uh, David Savard save spectacular on uh, the shot came from um, former Canadians captain Max Pacioretty. So. Um, brilliant there. Um, it was, um, Brandon Gignac uh, uh, he had, and we're going to talk about him in, in a minute. Uh, but it was, uh, his first game with the Montreal Canadiens, his second NHL game. Mm, uh, not great. Um, but, um, I, I guess the, the other notables, as you said, two goals, uh, Slavkovsky, two goals, uh, Suzuki. Uh, And Cole Cole Caulfield uh, extended his point streak up to 10 games. That's uh, the longest in his career. So um, not a great game. Canadians got a win and they are moving on.
0: Yeah. And after that win, the Canadians record becomes 21, 21 and eight. That's 50 points and 24th in the NHL. Uh, The Habs now have a 4.8% chance of making the playoffs and uh, on pace for 82 points this season. Make sure that you're checking out Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, Feature Articles and game day Posts appearing regularly at THN.com slash Montreal. That's the Hockey News Montreal. And uh, well you mentioned Brendan Jignac so that means it's uh, time to get to our roster news. The Canadian signed Laval Rocket forward Brendan Jignac to a two-year, two-way contract. Uh, in Laval he's got 42 points in uh, 43 games uh in his two-game nhl career he has zero points and uh, honestly did not look that good against washington um surprised he was not sent right back down but i guess uh, we'll see what else he has in store maybe an improvement uh, coming over the weekend
2: well it's um yeah brand brandon jinyak G- brandon is um you know folks are talking about maybe a late bloomer he's 26 years old um he's been around a bit um a, a former third round pick by the New Jersey Devils in 2016 um he's bounced around uh 300 302 games in both the ECHL and AHL um and and so that's that's where he, you might find him he's had a really good season in Laval and that's that's mainly because he's the go-to uh player uh, for JF Wool, we know JF. Wool not doesn't like his younger players, doesn't um, doesn't make uh, development a priority. He likes to lean on his veterans and uh, think of of this as the Alex Belzeel for. Um, uh, for J.F. Wool, that Jignac has been his everything player, putting him out there in all situations and getting a, a ton of minutes. So it was, um, you know, he, he's looked pretty good. And, and uh, the Canadians uh, signed uh, Brandon Gignac to um, the NHL contract so they could bring him up. Formerly, he was just on the AHL contract. Couldn't do that. Um, you might see him um, stay, uh, given the holes in the Canadians' lineup, uh, a little bit longer. I don't know what was wrong with keeping Mitchell Stevens, who already has an NHL contract, why he needed to be sent down, but uh, that was the decision that was made. Um, and and even now, Brandon Chignac, because of his age and, and number of games played, is going to need waivers if they send him back to um, Laval. Um, but given that his, he's on an NHL contract, um, that might discourage, and, and there's a... Um, a minimum, guar- he's a guaranteed $400,000 when he's down in the AHL. That's pretty uh, good pay for the AHL. Uh, <laughs> that might discourage P- uh, uh, teams from picking him up. Um, it, it's, from his perspective, a nice story, a dream come true, um, all of that. Um, maybe just odd from the organizational perspective.
0: And uh, some more moves uh, happening between Montreal and Laval as Lucas Condado was recalled from the Laval rocket for a game against the Capitals. And then he was returned just on Friday uh, with Laval, 35 points in 40 games. And in three NHL games uh, with Montreal, zero points. I think the only thing that stood out on his stat sheet was a plus one against the Capitals. Otherwise, zeros across the board. And to be honest, not that noticeable in any of those games.
2: Yeah, not a lot of ice time. Uh, the, Lucas Condada has got a bit of sandpaper to his game. He'll stand up for his teammates. He finishes his checks um, and and plays the center position so can take face-offs. Um, and um, he'll, he'll be helpful in Lavelle uh, for all of those reasons.
0: Uh, good news uh, for the roster is Alex Newhook is expected to return to the lineup against the Dallas Stars on Saturday. Uh, this is some much-needed speed and a much-needed NHL player for this Montreal Canadiens lineup.
2: Well, and and it's going to be interesting to see if the trade, um, a steep trade to go out and get um, Alex Newhook was worth it. Really didn't have a chance to... Um, uh, to to show him. Actually, he had a pretty good start to the season uh, before the injuries, but but let's see if he can uh, keep that going now that he'll he'll be back in the lineup. It'll be interesting to see uh, if he's put at center. You know, the Canadians are need centers. He can play center. Um, he played a bit of wing uh, at the beginning of the season, and and whether Marty St. Louis will ease him back into the lineup by starting him on the, on the wing um, against Dallas on Saturday.
0: Uh, So, we're going to start doing a weekly trade watch update as we approach the trade deadline. Uh, A couple interesting things coming out from various insiders. Uh, Elliot Friedman on 32 Thoughts uh, says, uh, Montreal GM Kent Hughes uh, said at the halfway mark he could keep all three of his goaltenders for the entire season. Uh, Hughes has set a price, uh, believed to be a key draft pick, but uh, it looks like uh, some other goalies on the move like Gibson uh, could... uh, vary uh, and depend on what the retention is uh jake allen right now one more year uh 3.85 million uh it'd be nice if uh, Kent hughes could get that off the book but uh, some salary retention could really help up that value of course we know montreal only has one retention spot left right
2: yeah that's right and that was key with with the trade of sean monahan that they protected that slot um, and I I figure they're going to need it um, whether it's David Savard's uh, the uh, trade that they retain salary or certainly with Jake Allen uh, they'd have to retain some salary um, so they'll have to to make that decision um, and and I think that's that's right that's key now uh, Jake Allen continues to say all the right things uh, he reiterated on Thursday that he wants to stay in Montreal that uh, he's he's with Montreal he's heard the rumors. Uh, he hasn't been in this situation before with rumors surrounding a trade uh, but he's a professional and and uh, uh I think this is the trade that um you know it it accomplishes a number of things um moving a player having letting them go and and uh, uh, be more effective uh and also just ending that that uh uncomfortable uh three headed goalie rotation uh, that um, and and that frees up a, a, a lineup spot and all those kinds of things. Um, it's, it's let's see if that if that happens. Also in play, and we heard from Darren Drager, we heard from Pierre LeBron, uh, the three players who are in play. Um, and this is just following up, um, you know, if you listen to last week's show, uh, episode 281. It was um, uh, Kent Hughes has made the first trade in Sean Monahan. Who's next? Well, who's next? The the experts, um, D- Drager uh, say in play is Jake Allen, who we've talked about, David Savard, and Josh Anderson. Uh, all three of those players are in play, um, and you might expect that um, salary will have an effect on the trading of of, of any one of those individual names.
0: Absolutely. And uh, with that, I think it's a good time to get to this week's winners and losers.
2: And now it's
1: time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadian's Connection.
0: So starting things off with the losers, only one loser this week, surprisingly, and uh, we'll have to go all the way back to the All-Stars Skills Competition in in Toronto uh, to find this one. And I'm going to give it to Nikita Kucherov. Um, for those who watched, uh, might have noticed that uh, this year the uh, skills competition was done pretty well. Uh, McDavid was great to watch, uh, along with uh, Matt Barzell as well. Uh, one player that was not fun to watch and did not seem to be trying whatsoever is one Nikita Kucherov. Uh, it was kind of sad to see uh, the crowd notice too that uh, there was just a genu- genuine lack of effort and disinterest from him. So I think very appropriately, he was booed. Uh, so there you go. Nikita Kucherov of uh, going to the all-star game and just not putting in the effort i think that's worth my loser
2: um you're you're i'm right there with you
0: and uh taking a look at our winners um well i, I think i previewed this one maybe a couple weeks too early uh I'm gonna go with the edmonton oilers we have to talk about that 16 game winning streak uh it came to an end this past week against the vegas golden knights with a three to one loss uh, but the Edmonton Oilers, after just an awful start to their season and all the questions they had in goal, uh, they've managed to claw their way back into a playoff picture and uh, almost beating the record for the longest win streak. Uh, this was absolutely incredible run for the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, I think uh, you have to be pretty excited. This was big news, uh, probably the biggest news around the week uh, around the NHL for the past few weeks.
2: Stick tap to the Oilers.
0: And, uh, Rick, I believe you actually have a winner for this week, too. Well,
2: I'm going to go in a completely different direction. And um, for this, we'll go to the USHL. We don't talk about the USHL all that much, kind of a stepping stone to the NCAA. Um, And uh, in uh, the USHL, there's a team called the Sioux Falls Stampede, Um, but not for this weekend, or not for this week, I guess. Uh, For a week, they changed their name from the stampede to the Sioux Falls fighting wiener dogs, and nice. <laughs> yeah, um, and the the jerseys are terrific. It's a very very angry looking wiener dog, um, and uh, so uh, naturally on Saturday uh, during the first intermission, uh, they're going to have wiener dog races um, in, in on the ice in the first intermission. Those are they'll have two heats, um, and then the final four. Uh, from those two heats uh, they'll have a championship race in the second intermission so sounds like a whole lot of fun um these Sioux Falls fighting wiener dogs go wiener dogs
0: yeah sounds like a lot of fun too love the name and uh, you might actually catch me tuning into that just for those wiener (laughs) dog races there you go (laughs) so now I think it's a good time to get to our Habs prospect report
1: it's time for the rocket report the Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians prospects.
0: Each and every week we like to highlight a Montreal Canadiens prospect, and this week we're going to shine the spotlight back on to Ramoska, ramuski oceanic goaltender uh quentin miller um so we talked about him i think a few weeks ago just before he was traded to ramuski uh that's when he was with the, the quebec Remparts. Uh, of course he was the backup goaltender on the quebec Remparts last season that uh, memorial cup winning team uh this season uh, he came in and uh, he was more of the starter for quebec and uh He ended up being traded to uh, Ramuski. since then. uh, I think uh, he's he's split the net uh, in there. It's been more of a tandem. Uh, Stat-wise, he's actually got a winning record so far, uh, 5-4-0, a 0.908 save percentage. Uh, Only nine games so far, Uh, but uh, I think it's a nice uh, step in the right direction for one Quinton Miller, who's still a young developing goaltender. Uh, So just wanted to keep an eye on him and uh, take a look at what he's been able to accomplish since being traded.
2: Yeah and I think it's um it's normal to see him after being traded uh, you know taking taking steps um with the Ramparts he was his record was one game under 500 with um, uh, the Oceanic it's one game over his his goals against is almost identical uh, a couple points better uh, on save percentage um this last week um he was in net against the Armada um, and made uh, gave up one goal on on 32 shots uh, on 33 shots 32 saves um, which was a pretty good bounce back because there was two games within a week uh, where he had given up uh, five goals uh one game to the noranda huskies and the other to Drummondville um, so the, a, a couple of rough starts there then bounced back with a very good start against the armada
0: so heading down south of the border, uh, Boston University and Northeastern University will meet in Beanpot Tournament uh, final. So the Beanpot uh, is an annual men's and women's ice hockey tournament uh, among the four major U.S. college ho- hockey teams of the Boston, Massachusetts area. And uh, I get the feeling we might have some Habs connections in this.
2: For sure. Uh, remember, uh, was it last week or the week before, there was the, the big... Boston College versus Boston University. Jacob Fowler, uh, at the time, um, Boston University was the number one team. Jacob Fowler won both of those games. Um, and uh, with with Boston College winning, well, in the bean pod, it was Boston University uh, knocking out Boston College. Um, Fowler gave up four goals on 30 shots. Lane Hudson, Lane Hudson playing for Boston University, had an assist. Uh, and Luke Tuck had a goal. And an assist uh, which propelled uh, Boston University into the final. The final is going to be on Monday uh, Boston University versus Northeastern.
0: Uh, heading back up north of the border, let's uh, take a look at the Laval Rocket, uh, Montreal's AHL affiliate. Uh, it's a bit of a quiet week for them on uh, the 3rd of February. Uh, Rochester comes to town and uh, Rochester beats Laval. Three to one. Uh, Brendan Gignac with the lone goal for Laval. Uh, the Rocket went zero and four on the power play, and they actually outshot the Amherst in this one. But one Devin Levi looked pretty strong in that Rochester net.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, it, not 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 the best game for uh, Laval. Um, and uh, Jakub Dobas was uh, was pretty good um giving up just two goals on tw- uh 27 shots the last goal coming as a as an empty netter
0: so Laval's record uh, 19 18 4 and 2 that's 44 points and 23rd in the AHL and uh, just an interesting uh, note here uh Speaking of the AHL, uh, Logan Mayhew made an appearance at uh, the AHL All-Star Game representing Laval. How did that go for him?
2: I thought it went really well. He got a trip out to California, and, and it's a tough slog uh, traveling all day to California, traveling a day back. But when he was there, uh, looked like he was having a good time. Uh, got a really nice goal in um, uh, the way that they split it up into um, into four uh divisions and they they play inter-squad games and whatnot he got a really nice goal i think a tying goal that sent a game into uh overtime um and just a a really great experience for him to meet other players um and to be recognized for having such a great first half of the season
0: so laval has a couple of upcoming games next week on the uh, 10th of february laval visits toronto and then on the 16th of february laval visits Hartford. Uh, moving down one level to the echl and taking a look at the toirevier lions uh just uh, one game this past week on the 3rd of february as uh worcester comes to town and uh worcester wins six to four so the toirevier lions struggles still continue uh joe Verbedek's uh record not looking as good as it did at the beginning of the season he's now got a losing record Nine fourteen and 2 and a 0.887 save percentage. Uh, Zachary Boutillier, one of the other goaltenders that's uh, played games for the Lions, has actually got a winning record, 6-4-0 and and a 0.914 save percentage, but in about half the games that Robedek has played.
2: A little note from uh, Chris G., who keeps track of um, the Trois-Rivier Lions for us, and he puts out a, a notepad, a Lions notepad, every Monday that you can find at THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, he says that the Trois-Rivières Lions have um, won eight of their last 30 games.
0: So the Trois-Rivières Lions record currently 19-22, 2-2, two 10th two, place in the Eastern Conference. So uh, they had a stellar start to the beginning of the season, and it's uh, not looked good since then. Uh, Take me a look at uh, THN, uh, QMJHL as uh, we do cover uh, the Quebec Maritimes Junior Hockey League for the Hockey News as well. Uh, we had a couple articles come out this week, and uh, this is a series being put out by one Mike Raschel for a Memorial Cup contender series. And it's been a pretty fun arena so far, isn't it, Rick?
2: Yeah, it's great. Uh, and thanks to Mike for um, doing that and committing to, to a series. Uh, the thought is that uh, by the time the Memorial Cup uh, comes around, um, that that our fans, our readers, uh, those that follow the queue, um, they, they appreciate a primer of uh, what's going on in the in the other leagues and the other conferences. What's going on in the OHL, what's going on in the WHL? Um, and so Mike um, this week uh, took the OHL, their Western Conference, and is uh, did an article, and we put out three articles this week at uh, thn dot slash qmjHL. Um, one on the London Knights, who at this point um, are having a great season and look to be a favorite, Um, then Saginaw, who is the host uh, this year uh, of the Memorial Cup, Um, and then some honorable mentions uh, that include the uh, Kitchener Rangers, which I appreciate. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to, next week, Mike's going to be working on uh, the other conference for the OHL, then he'll move to the WHL and the Q. Um, to give uh, a real comprehensive preview uh, of what to expect, what these teams look like, the players that are important on each of the teams, um, their, their strengths, their uh, weaknesses, um, so that, that our readers uh, will be well-versed uh, once it comes to Memorial Cup time.
0: So if you're looking for content about Canadians' prospects, head over to THN.com slash Montreal. And if you're looking to find the best English language coverage for the Quebec Maritimes Junior Hockey League, head over to THN.com slash QMJHL. So we have one quote for our Quotes of the Week. Uh, This one comes from one Marty St-Louis. Marty is uh, celebrating his two-year anniversary of being named interim uh, head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Of course, we know on February the 9th in 2022, that was uh, when Dominic Ducharme was fired, and then the big news came out that shocked us all, and uh, here's what he's had to say about uh, being a coach in the NHL.
3: Yeah, it goes by quick. Um, You know... yeah, I mean, two years, it just flew by. And, you know, when you're having fun doing serious work, I guess time flies.
2: Um, so a little soft-spoken, and, and I think taken aback a bit by the question, asking if he felt any pressure, and, and he said no, he's he's uh, still having fun. Of course, was named interim head coach on February 9th. Uh, two years ago, that was, that was changed uh, to... To head coach at the end of the season um, he had taken over and and posted a 14 and 23 record uh, to close out that 2021 2022 season uh, after taking over uh, from Dom de uh, the 32nd head coach in the history of of uh, the franchise um, and I think um, has to be considered um, a real fan favorite I think the jury's out on 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 um, you know whether he can continue to be the coach that that uh, takes the Canadians to the next step to the um, to being Stanley Cup contenders. But as far as a coach who has made it fun for players to come to work and and been inspirational uh, in with a team who's uh, at the bottom of the standings and rebuilding, um, Marty St. Louis has has worked out certainly that way.
0: Uh, Taking a look at some hockey news and notes from around the NHL. Uh, Let's start off with the Arizona Coyotes because we don't talk about that nearly enough. Um, So in an announcement coming soon uh, about the future of the Arizona Coyotes. I don't know. I guess we'll find out whether or not that's the case. It seems like Arizona's had a few deadlines uh, as to what their future is and uh, in order to find a building. Um, NHLPA uh, executive director Marty Walsh has expressed quite a bit of disappointment in regards to the lack of progress being made by Arizona to find a place to play. And uh, I agree. I feel like this whole thing's been uh, drawn out for the better part of a decade.
2: Yeah, I think that the... uh the, the whole environment has kind of changed. The mood has changed. Something's changed. Uh, we remember that uh, just before the All-Star game, um, that uh, there was that odd announcement the NHL made, uh, Batman made about uh, interested uh, interested locations for a franchise. Uh, and then this week, the Arizona coyotes have just been they've been tweeting odd things. Uh, no, please keep us—you uh, know—almost begging for a, a stay from the executioner, kind of thing. Um, it's been really odd. Kevin Weeks uh, tweeted um, a picture of Salt Lake City and got all kinds of reaction to that. So there's something, there's something happening. There's something changing, and we'll see. And and we just asked the question this week: Is there an announcement coming about the future of the of the uh, Coyotes in Arizona? um or is there going to be an expansion announcement uh, i expect that there's going to be something something has to happen with all this pressure and and all the daggers pointing towards the coyotes
0: yeah so we'll keep an eye on that and uh fingers crossed we get an announcement about this pretty soon uh talking about something uh, we don't normally talk about uh, taxes i'm not an expert in taxes personally but uh, uh leafs captain john tavares is in a dispute with uh, the cra over his taxes um, uh, is bonus money part of a player's salary? Well, John Tavares says no, CRA clearly disagrees with that.
2: It's really interesting. Um, why is this interesting? It's John Tavares. Who cares? He plays for the Leafs. Who cares? Make him pay all the taxes. No, this this kind of matters. This kind of matters for all Canadian players and uh, and for the the Mon- uh, Montreal Canadiens and their ability to attract players. Uh, it's a dispute over a signing bonus worth 15.3 million dollars he claims long story short uh he claims he shouldn't have to pay eight million dollars on that signing bonus uh said that at the time he lived in the states uh only spent 45 days in canada um but it's it's this is um this is kind of a test case and it's going to send a chill uh throughout canadian well the just the case is sending a chill um if if uh, John Tavares loses this, it's going to prove very difficult to attract players to play in Canada uh, for all teams. Um, this is this is a bit of overreach, um, in my opinion, um, by the the um, the CRA. There is a um, a, a treaty um, that uh, has been worked out a, a Canada U.S. tax treaty uh, to treat um, the payments, the salaries, uh, fairly and is, is a set amount. And that amount is, has been the same for years. And so, you know, everybody knows what to expect. Uh, but this is something that, uh, uh, is seen as a change. And, um, boy, if, if, uh, if he loses this, um, I worry, um, about the Canadians being able to attract, uh, talent.
0: Uh, taking a look at Hockey USA, uh, Hockey USA named Bill Guerin, uh, the current, uh, general manager for the Minnesota. Minnesota Wild as the men- general manager of the U.S. hockey teams uh, for a 2025 uh, NHL Four Nations Faceoff and the 2026 Olympics. Uh, I think this is an interesting choice. Uh, Bill Guerin certainly has a ton of experience uh, around the NHL. I'm personally not a huge fan of uh, his uh, time in Minnesota, but uh, I think that uh, uh, Hockey USA certainly has a pretty knowledgeable guy at least.
2: Yeah, Hockey USA and and John Van Beesbrook uh, put out a statement saying how much they trust Bill Guerin um and and named um as the general manager for um uh, both the the uh, Four Nations Faceoff and the Olympics and 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 does that mean that he automatically takes over um you know for 2030 as well? Uh, that was announced. Um I think the um what what sits on on Uh, Bill Guerin's side is that he's got a lot of talent to choose from. Um, There's an abundance of riches and uh, the U.S. should have a very good team uh, at both uh, the 2025 tournament and the 2026 Olympics.
0: Uh, some projected lineups for uh, Canada, USA, Sweden, and Finland have been put out by a lot of uh, different uh, places. Uh, the ones I've been looking at are uh, coming from NHL.com itself. I think a few have come out from uh, Sportsnet and whatnot as well. On uh, Team Canada, and give me that Crosby, McDavid, McKinnon, Bedard down the middle. That's all you need. Uh, <laughs> if you're Team USA, you probably have some of the best uh, depth in goal. Uh, Hellebuck, Demko, Swayman. hard to beat that. Uh, Finland's actually sneakily pretty good. They have a lot of depth, and I think a lot of different players have fit different roles. So pretty well rounded there. And then uh, of course Sweden. Uh, we all know that they have a ton of firepower. So that's uh, four pretty good teams there, don't you think?
2: I think so. Uh, the inter- you mentioned uh, Finland. Um, as going through that list, rope Hints. Uh, we're going to see him on on Saturday um, as one of the forwards. Uh, Mira Heiskanen. Um, Essa Lindell and uh, Yanni Hakampaa, uh, three, oh. <laughs> three defensemen from the Dallas Stars and a forward. So four Dallas Stars players on that Finland team. No Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Sweden. No Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Americans. No Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Canada. No Montreal Canadiens. Um, and and that should be a little concerning. I know we've talked about it before. Uh, that the Canadians are putting together some very good pieces, but don't yet have really elite talent um, that uh, that would f- that would naturally be recruited for one of these teams. And yes, there's there's you know if Slovakia w- is putting together a team or whatever, there's going to be uh, Slavkovsky going to be on it, and maybe at some point Hudson's going to be on the American team, um, and maybe if if Cole Caulfield. Um, you know, starts putting th- together uh, a 40-goal season as, as he was expected to do this year, he'll be there. And if Nick Suzuki can turn up his offensive uh, play, he'll be there. Uh, but at this point, th- it just isn't there. And, and that should be a, a little bit of a concern uh, for those people who love the Montreal Canadiens and those people who run the Montreal Canadiens.
0: Absolutely agree with all of that. Uh, interesting announcement coming from the nhl Uh, the nhl announced that an adjustment to the hits statistic will be made for this season Uh, so in their official statement they say as part of the ongoing effort to provide the most accurate statistical accounting uh, possible of nhl games uh, the league has performed a comprehensive audit of the hit statistic in every game this season and made appropriate adjustments the newly updated season totals are reflected on nhl.com and in the league's uh, statistical releases as of today uh, so that's interesting that they're going after the hit statistic and it's interesting that that really benefited one montreal canadian and michael Pozzetta who had an additional 29 hits added to his statistics
2: yeah, Michael Pozzetta went from uh, 128 hits on the season to 157 hits on the season. Um, it also affected um, and moved him into the top position for hits per 60 at 31.82. to two. Um, and, and this is uh, an interesting project. Um, hits have been acknowledged as being one of the m- more unreliable statistics that the NHL puts out. Uh, they uh, they undertook this audit by a third party uh, group that sat down and watched every game this year so far uh, to make the adjustment and with an average increase of 8.7 hits per game uh, boosting the the numbers. Um, why is this important? Um, well, you know if you're playing fantasy leagues where where this um, where this matters, um, then you you'll appreciate. Uh, the adjustment, or at least the accuracy, going forward, and um, you know the betting partners, MGM and DraftKings and um, and others. I don't think that they they offer hits as as a betting tool, but I think this is um, proof to uh, the betting agencies that the NHL takes accuracy seriously and that they can rely on the information that the uh, NHL puts out, and that may, means. Uh, a lot to uh, betting agencies so um, I guess a lot of people benefit here uh, including one uh, Michael Pizzetta.
0: so it's all about the money I get it I see why this <laughs> happened uh, one final thing before we head into our first break um, kind of interesting actually uh former Nashville Predators GM Dave Poyle spoke pretty honestly about uh, the Shea Weber uh, for PK Subban trade and it sounds like this might be a regret for him.
2: Yeah. And now that uh, David Poel has retired, he feels free to speak openly um, about uh, that trade. Uh, we remember the trade was uh, June 29, 2016. Um, P.K. Subban to Shea Weber. It, it, you know, many fans um, were very critical. Fans of P.K. Subban were were critical and and uh, weren't welcoming of, of Shea Weber. Um, and P.K. Subban, you know, he he stumbled. I, I, he played well uh, the initial season, I think, for, for the Predators and then kind of stumbled and, and didn't do well in New Jersey and uh, and then out of the league and so on. Um, but one of the principals being David Poyle, um, who engineered that trade, um, he said this was uh, t- top of his list in in trades that were difficult for him to do. Um, he noted that both teams made it to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, with their new acquisition. Um, and then he went on to say, you know, what I really wish is that we could have signed Shea Weber to a long-term contract, the same that they did with Pekka Rene and and others. Um, and I'll read the quote. Quote, in the bigger picture, I wish Shea had never been traded. I'm being very honest with you when I say that, end of quote. Uh, so considerable regret um, realizing the importance um, of uh, the play, not only the play on the ice, but the leadership um, that Shea Weber um, provided. And uh, he, at this stage in his life, looking back, regrets uh, that he made that trade. And I think uh, that that certainly speaks highly of, of uh, how he feels about Shea Weber.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, I think it's a good time to take our first break. Uh, coming up, you'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings. And then we'll get to our big topic segment, Uri Slavkovsky. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Now, whether you want to go all in on the Niners or the Chiefs or maybe you're going to make a parlay that kind of splits the difference between the two, you want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58, with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8HOPENY or text HOPENY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
0: Welcome back to the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at The Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter as well at Rocket Sports. You can also follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. Just a reminder to also make sure that you tap that subscribe That subscribe button in the player or on your favorite podcasting app. That way you never miss a single episode. And I've been saying it a few times, but. Yuri Slavkovsky. Um, so much was expected of uh, Canadians forward Yuri Slavkovsky after Kent Hughes uh, shocked the Bell Center by selecting him first overall in that 2022 NHL entry draft. Not the expected pick by any means. I think a lot of fans were hoping for one Shane Wright. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, Kent Hughes went against the grain a little bit there and went with one Yuri Slavkovsky. So naturally, since then, Canadians fans have had very high expectations, uh, and uh, especially given that uh, the team endured a 32nd overall finish and had a 55-point season in that 2021-22 season, and that uh, led the team to have their first first overall pick that they've had since uh, 1980, and that was one Doug Wickenheiser. So some big shoes uh, to to follow for Uri Slavkovsky and uh, following uh, the first uh, two goal game of his NHL career against the Washington Capitals uh, this past week, many fans and media have announced that uh, Uri Slavkovsky has finally proven himself worthy of that first overall pick, but has he really?
2: (laughs) Well, he got a two goal game. So um, I I I thought it was fun this week because um, we, and we had played uh, the clip um, and it was the second time this season that Kent Hughes has said uh, that he was turning over the team to young players. And he repeated that again after um, the Sean Monahan trade. Um, and so the game against uh, the Capitals, um, Nick Suzuki, two goals. Um, Yorick Slavkovsky, two goals. And, and you saw around uh, on Twitter, on, on in the media, it was mission accomplished. Uh, he turns over the the team to uh, the young players, and they they came through for him. Um, now, maybe that's a little simplistic, um, and just it, it didn't really reflect what had happened in that game. As we said, uh, the Capitals looked like they had forgotten how to play hockey over their nine day um, uh, All Star rest. Um, but I, I think as that as as it's too simplistic to say. Um, you know, mission accomplished, it's also a little simplistic when when we're looking at Yuri Slavkowski uh, to either label him as a draft bust or um, label him as some sort of savior and the obvious um, first-round um, player who deserved the first-round pick in 2022
0: so uh, i think one thing that uh, it's kind of important to do is uh, let's, let's take a look at his stats for the entire season uh i know in uh, that one game stats certainly uh, flattered uh young Yuri slavkovsky but uh, overall uh, let's take a look so for the 2023-24 season in 50 games played nine goals 13 assists 22 points and with that he's got a projected uh over 82 games it's projecting to be 15 goals 21 assists and 36 points. So with the projected 36 points, is that enough to be worthy of that first overall pick?
2: Well so again, um, we have to put these things into context because we have Canadians fans who have watched um, who've watched over the last 10 years um, other teams, other teams who have been near the bottom, Uh, other teams who've gotten a first-round pick. And in the last 10 years, uh, they've picked players like Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and Jack Hughes and and Connor Bedard uh, with their overall pick, first overall pick. And then the Canadians, um, you know, in uh, in the season they had a first overall pick, uh, there wasn't necessarily a you know, was there an elite player available? There certainly wasn't a, a generational player available. Um, and so there's, there's some concern over, okay, this is, um, this is great. He's showing progress, uh, but is 35 points what we expected here? Uh, on the other hand, um, you know, he had a, an awful start to the this season. Um, and in the last, five games he has five points three goals two assists uh so maybe he's picking up things and he's going to surpass those projections that include a a really slow start
0: so i i think you have to go back to the beginning of the season i don't think it was too long into october or early november where we had to put out a podcast talking about where Yuri Slavkovsky was at and just the sheer disappointment coming from fans because he did not look like a very good player he, i think he was like bambi on ice at times to be completely honest his skating was not great or anything but it's been a slow improvement to bring us to this point uh you're starting to see him be a little bit stronger on his skates uh you're starting to see him shoot more which we saw in uh, that game against washington in fact, that power play goal is second of the game. It, it, they it, they were practically feeding him an opportunity to shoot the puck. If he did not shoot the puck in that position, <laughs> uh, I don't know what they were going to do. They really forced that play on if you go back and watch that highlight. Uh, but it's it's he's looked better. The confidence is coming along. Uh, the point production is coming along a little bit. Uh, is he a first-line player on most teams? I, I really do doubt it. Uh, what do you think about that, Rick?
2: Well, I think you're right. He was just completely overwhelmed at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, the pace was, was, of NHL play was way too quick for him. His decision-making was poor. Um, he was turning over the puck. He was he was um, uh, losing battles. And, and now, um, you know, he's playing with good players. He's been able to learn uh, from playing with good players um he's been given opportunities on the power play he's shooting more but it's that confidence that you mentioned uh that where the real difference is uh that that I think that um there was probably some question in his own mind uh, at the beginning of the season whether he deserved to be on the ice I think um I think that's gone now as his confidence has increased
0: absolutely so uh let's take a look uh what his playing style and different things that we feel like he could improve so like his play style at the moment he's not the guy that drives the play i think that's fair uh he's not the guy that uh, really crashes the net a whole lot he's got some strength but you don't see a ton of physicality from him um so looking back at what he was projected to be when he was drafted and this is coming from elite prospects in their uh, 2022 nhl draft got gu- draft guide they said slavkovsky brings a lot more to the table than just brute force. though what makes him a unique prospect is how he turns those extended possession sequences into legitimate scoring chances sometimes it's a drive to the front of the net for a chance of his own other times he'll handle his way into the pa- into a passing opportunity and send the puck to his linemate to finish the job. Does that sound like a Uri Slavkovsky that we've seen so far?
2: Not yet. No, no. And, and, and yes, I mean, um, I guess a little at a time um, he's, he's shooting more. He has more confidence. Um, he's on a bit of a point streak, but uh, there's, there's a lot more work. And I think he'd acknowledge that he's got much more work to do. Um, there, there, there just uh, hasn't been, um, a consistent physical game where he's con- where he's regularly winning battles, um, winning fifty-fifty battles, winning puck battles, winning board battles. We, we just don't see that yet. Um, you know, his defensive game is still a work in progress. He. He makes an effort, and, and there's a, a, a good a game, and then you see him with a hand on the stick or um, on the—there was a goal. Um, in the first period, he took a bad penalty where he had one hand on the stick in the Capitals game. Later on, um, that he was uh, late uh, to cover Ovechkin, I think it was, um, yeah. and, uh, and, and missed that assignment. Um, so there's still things, and 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 yes, um, at some point we want to see him use his size to drive the play, fend off uh, defenders, um, and and we, his hockey sense, which was never um, never high on on any kind of uh, draft evaluation of him, uh, is something. And, and Marty Marty St. Louis has said he believes that uh, hockey sense can be taught. Well, that's something. If that is uh, indeed the case. Uh, where probably the most learning has to uh, happen because his hockey sense just isn't there yet.
0: So speaking of Marty St. Louis, uh, we actually have some audio coming from Marty. Do you think it's a good time to get to that? Yeah, Uh, let's do that. uh, Yeah, he's talking about Slaff's attitude uh, driving him to be better.
3: He's so young, you know. Um, But I can see him being a guy that, that keeps wanting to get better, but you know, you just hope they, they, they keep that, that focus and that hunger and uh, you know, I think he's in an environment where we encourage that and we facilitate that. So I think that is probably going to help drive players like Slav to, 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 to use all the resources and the environment he's in to, to keep it getting better. But he's a young player that's progressed tremendously well and it all starts with him. doesn't matter what we want to do with him. It starts with him and his attitude, his engagement. It's been pretty impressive.
2: Well, um, Marty shares the uh, credit there. Um, he pats himself mm-hmm. on the back. He pats uh, Uri on the back. Said, talks about his focus, his hunger, his his attitude, and and uh, of Slepkovsky wanting to get better. And also, you know, says that um, that they did the team, the coaching staff has done the job, creating the environment, um, facilitating that, encouraging. Uh, an environment of, uh, of players wanting to improve.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's fair too. Uh, Marty deserve uh, the pat on the back. I think he's made things, like you said, he, he's made things fun for the players, yes. so perhaps that takes some pressure off. But uh, I think he does hit uh, the nail uh, on the nose there where it's, it's about Slavkovsky. Slavkovsky is the one who's going to have to uh, decide what kind of player he's going to end up being. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, a little bit more audio to get to. Uh, The next one comes from one Cole Caulfield, and uh, he's talking about his relationship with Uri Slavkowski.
3: I mean, like I don't feel like he's younger than me just because you look at him and he's huge, but uh, (laughs) he somehow feels like a little brother, um, someone that I can, you know, go to 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 help and. Um, yeah, you know, we talk about a lot of things. Um, he's got really good questions, and I'm um, always eager to learn. So uh, it's definitely fun to be around, and you know he's helping our team a lot. Who has the better shot? Between Me. No, he's still working on his.
2: <laughs> he's working on his shot. <laughs> uh, no question on on who Cole feels has the better shot. Me, he said. Um, incidentally, we saw at the um, Ebersard. Um, Uriah Slavkovsky was, was on the ice with Glenn Tucker. We know him. We talked about him before his doctor shot, um, working on his shot again. And, and, and yeah, that's something he's, he's working on and working to, uh, make sure he uses more often. I, I just thought it was interesting, uh, that Cole Caulfield, uh, talked about kind of a mentorship role that he sees Yuri as a, a little brother, um, in, in quotes, uh, given the relative sizes. Uh, but that that they're able to talk and, and that they have a friendly relationship between the two of them.
0: Oh, for sure. And uh, we have a couple more audio clips. Uh, both of them coming from your Slavkovsky himself. Uh, the first one, uh, well, is his game better than it was a year ago?
3: Oh, so much better. Like just being on the ice, like finding finding those spots where to be, and then, then getting all the touches just i feel like my game grows so much from yeah like for example last year and i'm i'm happy about it that it's like it's going pretty pretty fast and yeah i just like i said i just want to want to keep getting better because i still feel like there is a lot lots of room to grow
2: knowing where to be and and yoris was seen as a as a bit of a project that there was all uh, parts of his game that uh, needed to be worked on knowing where to go uh, how to anticipate the, the play. Um, you know, certainly Marty St. Louis has helped with that, but he, he also t- had talked about uh, Sean Monaghan helping him and one Kirby Doc uh, that Doc apparently uh, takes him aside from time to time and says, I've noticed this about your game. You might want to try going here. You might want to try going here and, and, uh, and, and given it, has given him tips, particularly on the power play as well. Uh, So nice to see that Doc is still uh, very engaged uh, with the team and his teammates.
0: Oh, for sure. And I think uh, a lot of the things you just talked about there, that all kind of relates back to hockey IQ, doesn't it? It does. So uh, one more uh, bit of audio coming from Slavkovsky, and uh, he's talking about uh, listening to advice to shoot more.
3: Yeah, probably I would earlier this season, but now when everyone around me is screaming at me to shoot, then yeah, obviously at, at some point I get, get like I have to start shoot. So yeah, for sure I'm trying to trying to shoot more, just like make it more natural and think shoot first, and then then maybe pass if if the shot is not there.
2: So he said everybody, everybody on the team is screaming at him to shoot. And who is um, who's screaming at you? He said everybody. Uh, The only person who didn't tell him to shoot more was the ambassador of Slovakia, who he met um, when they were in Washington, D.C.
0: I like how uh, that uh, quote ends with him saying, if uh, the shot's not there, I'll still pass it.
2: (laughs) So (laughs) talking about
0: shooting, but there's passing still has to be an option. I think that's fair. That's fair. So uh, I think one thing that we've talked about at length, uh, I know uh, our uh, Rocket Sports Media colleague Amy Johnson has talked about this at length, and that was uh, at least the potential of sending uh, Yuri Slavkovsky to the Laval Rocket last season or at the beginning of this season. I'm assuming the way things are progressing, that's kind of out of the question at this point. Uh, I don't think that we'll see him get sent to Laval anytime soon now at least. But,, uh, man, I, I can't help but feel like uh, his his progress could have been sped up a little bit by going to the
2: AHL. No? hundred percent. yeah. and and I think the only reason he didn't go was was for reasons of optics. The fact that he was an unpopular first round pick and and the fact that he was a first overall pick um, meant that if the the general manager sent him to Laval, it would be seen. Or spun as some sort of uh, failure, um, and and that's really unfortunate, uh, I think. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Marty St. Louis was asked um, whether um, he thought um, that, um, that 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 Slavkovsky would have turned out differently had they sent him to Laval, and he answered, answered in French. I'll, I'll read the quote. Uh, I'll tra- the translated quote. Um, it's easy to look back and see the progress and say, we did a good job, but maybe if we had sent him down to Laval, he would have had the same progress this year. Um, so, so Marty's admitting that um, he would have had, yeah, he would have had the same progress, but but maybe he would have had it, had better progress. Maybe he would have had the progress earlier Uh, quicker um, if he had been able to adapt to the game knowing where to go all those kinds of things at given that pace was such an issue um, uh, when uh, early early on in his NHL career so um, I, I thought that was a bit of a revealing quote from from Marty
0: yeah that's a pretty interesting find there too and uh, to be honest, we've talked about this a little bit too. We know that uh, the situation in Laval right now, it's not like there are a ton of prospects getting ample ice time outside of maybe uh, Logan Mayhew. Um, But I, I still believe in that AHL development. I don't know that that's the right choice right now. I, I actually would argue against it at this point, uh, given how things are going. But uh, I agree. I I think that uh, he could have used some time in Laval as opposed to being under the spotlight in Montreal because uh, Montreal... It's very hockey crazy, you know. There's a lot of hockey <laughs> fans here, and he'll be—he's been put under the microscope quite a bit. So I think a lot of added pressure in Montreal maybe has slowed down his uh, ability to develop, right?
2: And and let's let's put that out there as maybe an alternate explanation that um, Kent Hughes was not necessarily confident that he would get um, adequate development, uh, adequate attention from the coaching staff in. Um, and, and, and that's just speculation. We're not, we're not saying anything. We re, you'll remember that, um, Kent Hughes was asked about what kind of job, uh, J.F. Wool was doing. He said, great, uh, and then moved on and, uh, spent the rest of, of, uh, the, the time, um, praising his development staff, uh, that go down there and work with players. Um, so if we get to the end of this season and, and I believe J.F. Uh, Ull's contract is over and the, the Kent Hughes um, moves um, and Jeff Gorton move uh, JF Wool out of there and bring in a more development focused coach, then we'll be able to say, ah, maybe that's why they didn't send uh, Uri to um, Laval. If they, if, they, um, if they don't, if JF if, uh, Wool is extended, then the reason has to be optics that they just didn't want their first round pick. Um, being seen as as uh, uh, taking a step down to go to uh, Laval. So
0: uh, let's now take a look at some prospect rankings and uh, let's look at that redrafting the class of 2022. I know The Athletic did both of these pretty recently and we talked about it on the show. Uh, looking at that uh, redraft of the 2022 draft class, uh, The Athletic still had Uri Slafkowski at number one. But I will note, I feel like it is far too early to really be analyzing this uh, draft class too, too much. I don't know that many players have stood out uh, a ton outside of uh, maybe uh, David uh, Juracek and uh, Logan Cooley maybe jump up a little bit. But overall, uh, you can't expect... uh, too many changes on that redraft i think it's fine having slavkovsky still number one there and then the athletic also did that uh, league-wide prospect rankings and it seemed like uh, uri slavkovsky uh, was not quite so high on that list
2: yeah it's um on that that list uh, of prospects i think uri slavkovsky was 20th on that list what bothered a lot of canadians fans uh was mitchkoff was was much higher on that list um the redraft list is is interesting and if you just look at um the drafted players um you know there's there's it's a pretty small sample the the number of of players from that 2022 draft who have played more than 25 games um they include Slavkovsky, who's played the most games by far at 89 um Nemich um who was taken second overall, has played 28. Uh, Logan Cooley at, at 49. Um, David Yuricek, 40 games. Kevin Korchinski with the Blackhawks at 45. And Pavel Minchikov, um, who in redrafts moves up quite a bit uh, with um, taken by Anaheim. Um, and yes, Yoris Levkovsky is, if you're looking at uh, points, uh, it leads that group with 32 points. Um, but... Logan Cooley is uh, seven points behind at 25 and has played half the games. Um, Minchikov is is at 19 points, 13 points behind, has played half the games. Um, so um, you know, I, I I think it's it's early. Uh, Slavkovsky leads that list. Um, I think at the time, um, you know, we when we were approaching the 2022 draft, we were reporting that Shane Wright was. Uh, by most scouts, the number one uh, prospect on that list. Um, and But but I was leaning, I think we were, I don't want to speak for you, but I think we are both leaning towards Logan Cooley uh, being a very yeah. dynamic player. Um, and I think from what we've seen in his 49 games played in the NHL and for Arizona is that he's going to be an incredibly dynamic, um, skilled, talented, um, elite scorer. Um and it was about a year ago that I had I had postured that that maybe what the, that the Canadians got it backwards that they should have taken their defenseman in the 2022 draft uh, or the 20 or delayed it and taken in the 2024 draft, uh, but take a defenseman in the 2022 draft with their first overall pick, and then in that 2023 draft that was rich with skilled forwards, uh, take uh, their forward there their their. Big gritty forward. Take a Ryan Leonard in 2023 rather than uh, or Mitchkoff if if that's what you want um, rather than a Rhinebacker. And in 2022, uh, my choice there was a David Urecek, um with uh, who Columbus took at um, at number six. And now in the redrafts and the redraft um, by uh, Corey Pronman at the Athletic. Uh, it's Cooley, Slavkowski, and Juracek that, uh, that have those top three spots.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair too. And I think on any team other than Columbus, Juracek probably ends up being a full-time NHL defenseman. I think that's about right, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so
0: so uh let's start off uh, with a rational comparison and then we'll move on to the crazy slavkovsky <laughs> comparisons all right um so i i think around the time that uh slavkovsky was being drafted the most common comparison out there would have been a uh, miko rantanen and i think that makes some sense we You know, heard that. Rant- yeah he's a he's a pretty large guy like he's tall he's very strong uh in terms of pure athlete, uh, not just hockey player, but in terms of pure athlete, very much that. I feel like this is the type of guy that could go into any sport and have some degree of success. Right. Um, he's good. Uh, he's got some skill. That I think the difference is the IQ. So I think Miko Rantanen type player is what you're hoping for from Slavkovsky eventually. But uh, as you pointed out to me uh, before recording, I think it's uh, the IQ that Rantanen has that really se- separates him from uh, Uri Slavkovsky.
2: Yeah, and, and I think that's fair. And that's not um, being critical of Slavkovsky. That's just acknowledging um, that that it isn't one of his best assets. Um as I said, whether you believe uh, like Marty St. Louis believes, and that can be taught, that can be learned um, or not, uh, but that's something clearly that Rantan has and that, that helps him in his, makes him be the elite player that he is.
0: Absolutely. So you're ready for the completely off-kilter, whack, crazy <laughs> comparison. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so let's let's stick with some uh, Montreal. Can- let's compare him to Rocket, Richard, John Belliveau, uh, Gila Fleur, Howie Morenz, Boom Boom, uh, On. You know what? None of those guys did. None of them played consistently in a top six top six role on the Canadiens as a teenager. Right. That that that's
2: fair. That's that's a good comparison to make. Sadly, sadly, um, that was put out on Twitter. That's not just. That's not just made up and it's not by some crazy, well, maybe uh, this is somebody who once once held um, briefly, mind you, but but held a a position in the NHL um, and quote says Slavkowski is the first teenager in club history to play a regular role on Montreal's first line. Uh, So talking about since 1909. In the 115-year history of the Montreal Canadiens, there's never been a player like Joros Levkovsky. Um, not John Bellavo not Rocket Richard, not Guy Lafleur, not Howie Moran, not Boom Boom Jeffreyon. on. Um, and, and I'm sorry, but this is just silly. It's really silly. First of all, um, there was some pushback to this tweet, um, and, and it... And the tweet said, um, you know, the, he's playing on the first line. He doesn't necessarily belong on the first line. That is Slavkovsky, because um, it's a bad team. It's a team at the bottom of the standings. Um, and, you know, when, when the other players came on, the, the, the Canadians didn't suck for all of those years. Um, to which, uh, I was going to say Grant, um, to which the the, the, the uh, Twitter user replied, uh, "Yeah, but what about Gretzky and Lemieux and Crosby and and Gordy Howe and and Hull and Makita and Howard Chuck uh, when he was pushed about you know them being part of a rebuilding team? So tying Slavkowski to those names now um, in kind of an inference sort of way, comparing them." Um. Uh, Let me pick one here, Guy Lafleur. So Guy Lafleur, Yuri Slavkovsky, first teenager in club history, Montreal club history, played a regular role, Montreal's first line. So what about Guy Lafleur? What did he do? Well, Guy Lafleur was, as we know, was drafted in 1971, first overall pick, June 10th, uh, draft June 10th, 1971. He was born in uh, September of 1951. Um, so, after two seasons with, with the Quebec Ramparts, um, he joined the Montreal Canadiens uh, for his first game in October of 1971 at the age of 20. Mm-hmm. So, Guy Le Fleur was not a teenager. When he joined the Montreal Canadiens, his first goal was October twenty third, nineteen seventy one. Well, wait a minute. He's saying the first teenager in club history, player. Well, Grant, that's because that uh, the, before nineteen eighty, you couldn't draft teenagers. Yeah, to play out your your junior career. Before you could uh, be eligible for the draft. Now that changed and they moved it down in 19, then 18, and 80 or 81 or wherever that was. It doesn't matter. But when Lafleur was drafted, he came into the league as a 20 year old, not a teenager. So that's a bogus argument. Yeah, that Slavkovsky is a fir- be- because rules didn't allow that. So that who else would that apply to? Oh, maybe Rocker Rashard and John Beliveau and Howie Morenz and Boo Boo and Jeffrey and-, and all the ones that you falsely, falsely compare to Yuri Slavkovsky. This is just, this okay. is just lunacy. This is ridiculous. Um, and how about? Oh, by the way, let's not put that pressure. Don't for the for the fans that that are just following. And, and think, geez, this guy is, maybe he's smarter than me. Maybe he knows something that I don't know. Um, so they're now got in their head that uh, their expectations are that this player, Yuri Slavkovsky, is going to be better than any of the players that he lists in his tweets. That's just, that's just setting up um, Slavkovsky for failure or for, um, you know, unmet expectations. It's just disingenuous. It's dishonest. And it, it really hurts players, and it it certainly hurts the case uh, that one's trying to make. Um, but it just it, it hurts players, and and in Montreal we're supposed to be smarter than that. We're supposed to know better than that. Um is going to be fine. Is he going to be? Uh, is he going to be a Gretzky? No. Is he going to be a draft bus? No. He's going to be somewhere in the in between, and we don't really know. Uh, it's too early to judge where that's going to um, fall. Uh, is he going to be the best player in the, in, from the 2020 year, two year? We, we don't you know yet. It's, it's too early to make that judgment. Um, but appreciate the progress that he's made. Um, recognize the things that he still has to work from and do not set up unrealistic uh, expectations for a poor 19-year-old.
0: Yeah, that's exactly correct. And uh, with that, I'll, I'll pose uh, our Canadians Connection question of the week to our, all of our listeners. Is it too soon, or are you ready to declare your Slavkovsky as the best player from the 2022 NHL Draft? We'll uh, give you some time to think about it as uh, we transition into our uh, final break here. So make sure you stay with this. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites, Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to THN.com Montreal your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's THN.com slash Montreal.
0: Welcome back to episode 281 of the canadians connection podcast here on rocket sports radio you can follow at habs connection on twitter facebook and instagram and you can check out our website canadiansconnection.fm also feel free to text us anytime via the rocket sports text line 5853 rocket that's 5853 rocket and uh, Rick, I, I think it was nice to have a little come down uh, on Uri Slavkovsky. I think it's good to be excited. I think you, it's good that there are so many fans cheering for this player to become the player that uh, we all expect him to be. But uh, I think it's also good to, to temper some expectations, at least for this season, right?
2: At least for this season. And and he had a great performance um, on uh, against the Capitals and and uh, he's going to have others. He's going to have uh, games that kind of go sideways. Um, I th- I think it's fun because um, Slavkovsky understood uh, that he was not uh, the the popular choice uh, when Kent Hughes um, selected him, and you'll remember he said, um, "One day I hope the fans love me," um, and. And I think I think that um, that love affair is beginning this this season, and I think that uh, there's a whole lot of fans that are are right on board with Yuri Slavkovsky, and that's uh, that's a great thing.
0: Absolutely. So for all of our listeners, uh, we have a few ways for you to stay up to date with everything Montreal Canadiens. As you know, this is a pretty difficult team that always just has something going on. So here's what you know from Rocket Sports. We cover the Montreal Canadiens for the hockey news, and you can find all of our content in one place. Just head over to THN.com slash Montreal. That's the hockey news for Montreal and if you're interested in uh, more multimedia type content we have a youtube channel just search at all Habs. you can find it there make sure you hit that subscribe button we put out a few different shows throughout the week uh amy johnson hosts two of those shows the first one is entitled the Habs Hockey Report and this week's episode is entitled predicting Montreal Canadiens 2026 Winter Olympic selections and she also hosts the the Rocket Hockey Report and uh, she entitles this one more obstacles for the Laval Rocket can they overcome the odds so head over there if you want to stay up to date with Montreal Canadiens and the Laval Rocket leave a comment if you have something to say uh, leave a like make sure you hit that subscribe button as well and get involved in that conversation
2: youtube.com slash head there and what's fun for me is is reading through the comments um amy gets a lot of comments on uh both the habs hockey report and and the rocket hockey report and what's fun for me is when i read a comment of of um of a new viewer who says wow um i'm glad that i discovered this i'm glad that youtube recommended this uh because uh this, these shows are are fabulous Um, So don't wait for YouTube to recommend it to you. Head there yourself, youtube.com slash allhabs absolutely
0: and uh, we started putting this podcast on our YouTube channel as well last week's episode did fairly well and very well titled who should Kent Hughes trade next let's open the mailbag I think we got quite a few uh, hits on that one quite a few comments too so get uh, involved in that discussion as well sometimes we like to read uh, those comments on the podcast too so I'll say it again hit like hit subscribe leave a comment and take it one step further you're gonna want to hit that notification bell because we do live stream watch alongs on YouTube. This past week, Nathan and I uh, did one for uh, the Montreal Canadiens versus the Washington Capitals. We had a ton of fun with that. We have a live chat on there. If you have anything to say to us, any comments or questions about the game, you get some commentary from me and then uh, Nathan and I have all sorts of Montreal Canadiens conversations and uh, we just really enjoy hockey, so come hang out with us. We've got another one coming up. Montreal faces the Pittsburgh Penguins on Thursday, February the 22nd and once again, I'll be joined by Nathan. So make sure you tap that notification bell as uh, well as subscribe and like. And you're going to want to make sure that you're subscribed to the premier Rocket Sports Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. This one, the Canadians Connection, you can find every single episode at CanadiansConnection.fm. We're here every single Saturday and uh, we do not go on vacation. When other podcasts take a break over the summer or over Christmas, we don't go away. We bring you content throughout the year. There's always something to talk about with these Montreal Canadians. Your inside link to the Montreal Canadians. And uh, Rick, uh, I believe we have a Rocket Sports team announcement uh, welcoming uh, the potential interests of new contributors.
2: Well, Rocket Sports at Rocket Sports, we've been doing this about 15 years. Uh, We've been doing it a very long time. We have a good time doing it. I have brought uh, about 130 contributors on over those 15 years. Um, who uh, some have stayed with us, um, you know, for a short time and enjoyed their their time with us, and and moved on to other things, uh, and some have stayed um, like Chris, uh, Chris uh, G, like Amy, uh, like Brian, have stayed uh, for a very long time, um, and um, what we we've been charged with, uh, the Hockey News has trusted us. Uh, Rocket Sports uh, to provide all of their coverage uh, for the Quebec and for the Maritimes. That means, of course, the Montreal Canadiens coverage, Laval Rocket, Trois-Rivières uh, Lions, um, the, the QMJHL for uh, Quebec and the Maritimes. Um, and so if you want to join our team, if you want to participate in this, uh, if you like to write, if you'd like to help us in another way, um, why don't you send us uh, an email or send us a text uh, send us an email at hello at rocket uh, if you have an interest in the canadians the laval rocket or maybe you're a fan of the Q, we'd love to have some contributors uh, for the queue as well uh, or text us at 5853 rocket
0: so looking forward to all of you reaching out to us And now it's a good time uh, to turn it over to our listeners. Of course, it's a have your say segment. So our Canadians connection question of the week is, is it too soon or are you ready to declare your Slafkowski as the best player from the 2022 NHL draft? We want to hear from you. Uh, I know I mentioned that the Rocket Sports text line is 5853 Rocket, but uh, I know some people like to reach out to us in other ways.
2: You can reach out to us uh, via email. Hello at Rocketsportsmedia.com or uh, on our social media.
0: And, uh, throughout the week, we get all sorts of texts, tweets, emails, and comments. And, uh, well, here's one of those comments coming from one, uh, Tim Kinney. What did he have to say, Rick? Uh,
2: Tim, uh, says that he's from St. John, New Brunswick, um, and, uh, says, I really enjoyed your show this week. Uh, and that's the, the, uh, Montreal Canadiens, who's next on Hughes trade list. That's, uh, Canadians Connection episode 281, um, Anyway, I'll just repeat that. Tim, I really enjoyed um, your show this week, especially your comments on Gordy Clark. Uh, Gordy Clark, uh, scout uh, brought in um, by Jeff Gorton, um, and he says Gordy Clark was raised in St. John, New Brunswick. Remember, he was born in, in Glasgow, Scotland, and is also a member of St. John's Sports Hall of Fame. Um, Tim goes on to say, I also listened to your segment on the Four Nations Tournament next winter. As I watched the All-Star coverage on Saturday evening, they had a section where panelists picked their relative team, Canada. None picked Nick Suzuki. My question is, do you see Suzuki making the team, and what does he need to do to ensure his spot? Assuming Canada's games will be in Montreal, it would be great to see him in the lineup. You have a great no-nonsense and professional podcast. Thank you uh, from Tim. Uh, great, um, uh, Great message. We really appreciate the compliments. Uh, we try to put out a, a professional sounding podcast, and and uh, we work hard, very very hard at it. Uh, it's an interesting question uh, about Nick Suzuki or any of of the um, any of the others um, that uh, may be in the Four Nations tournament. Uh, you mentioned Michael, um, the Habs hockey report, that Amy was predicting whether Canadians. Um, um, any, there would be any Montreal Canadiens on the 2026 Winter Olympics team. Uh, Tim's talking about the 2025 Four Nations Tournament, um, and I think that um, it's going to be it's going to be tough for um, Nick Suzuki when you look at um, you know even the projections uh, this year. Uh, if if Nick Suzuki ends up with say a 70 point season. Um, if that's what his number projects to, that's, he gets just into the top 20 and he's going to edge out people like Connor Bedard and, um, you know, who, who may have a better season next year. Um, so what is he going to have to do? Well, he's going to have to, um, he's improved his defensive game. I think he's going to have to prove that he's an invaluable two-way, uh, defensive player and, uh, increase his offense Um, and, and it's going to be a challenge because Canada has the pick of so many, um, excellent forwards. That's my take. Uh, Michael, you might think differently.
0: No, I I completely agree with all of that. Uh, I think at best Suzuki could come in as an extra if he does everything you just said but uh, of course uh, Team Canada has a very deep forward group uh, they have a ton of centers uh, they have uh, a lot of talent even some good two-way players you know let's not forget uh, Mark Stone in there I think Anthony Sorelli was another name that was floating around the last time the NHL had the potential to go to an Olympics so I, I just feel like uh, Team Canada is is a little bit too deep but you know what uh, Nick Suzuki is a player that uh, I'm sure he'll hear this and he'll want to prove all of us wrong. So uh, I, I, I won't uh, doubt Nick <laughs> Suzuki, but uh, I just I don't think it's going to happen this time around.
2: Yeah, and and a lot can happen, and injuries can happen, and lots of lots of different things can happen. So that's the fun of it, and that's that's um, that's what we'll wait and see. Uh, just one more uh, comment that I, we've got lots, but there's just one more that I'll refer to, uh, and again, it's in reference to our last week's podcast, episode 281. Montreal Canadiens, who's next on Kent Hughes's trade list. Um, and in the picture that circulated on social media was David Savard as he's uh, one of the the um, players who is is uh, well, it's confirmed this week uh, from all the different sources uh, that he is is one of the players. Um, and there was a fan or or a gentleman that that um, has a little well, I don't know if he still has his little fan podcast or not. Uh, but anyways, he said you're wrong. Um, I can uh, that uh, I heard uh, Kent Hughes say that David Savard will not be traded. It's not really the case. That's not what he said. Um, Kent Hughes, and I'll quote him, says, said, um, and that was that was when he was um, doing the press conference for Sean Monahan, the Sean Monahan trade. Kent Hughes said, I can't tell you right now that we're looking to trade David Savard. I can't tell you right now that we're looking to trade David Savard. Now there's 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 subtlety, and there's um, maybe that's they may, maybe that was missed, but um, that's different from saying I'm not going to trade David Savard. Um, that's that's more like I'm I'm you know I'm not um, I'm not going to let everybody know I'm not going to shop him, um, and in that way that's that's just what uh, Kent Hughes is. That's his standard operating. Um, practice, that um, that that he doesn't want to look desperate, uh, that if he gets a good offer, uh, that if there's a team that wants David Savard for the playoffs and David Savard is that ideal kind of playoff player that you'd want to add uh, to deepen your lineup, um, that absolutely. Um, and he went on, Ken Hughes went on to say that, uh, d- depending on the offers that I get, anybody's available. Um, so <laughs> I think that... that um, that that subtlety was missed um and uh i d- i just want to make sure that um that um you know and and listen we've had a, a lot of experience doing this we've been doing this 15 years we we have great sources we've we've been in uh many uh press conferences we realize that uh, not everybody can do that and so um that allows us to be able to understand what uh, what's being said um when it's when it's said
0: yeah i think that's fair So coming up, a pretty pretty busy week for the Montreal Canadiens. We said uh, there were two matinee starts this this, uh, coming weekend. So February the 10th, uh, Dallas is coming to town. It's a 1 p.m. start. And then the very next day uh, on the 11th of February, it's St. Louis. And that's another 1 p.m. start. Um, on the 13th, Anaheim's going to come uh, to town as well. And then they hit the road and visit the New York Rangers on the 15th of February. So four games coming up. Lots to look forward to. And uh, I think that's going to be a wrap for us today. So thank you all for tuning in and listening. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. And you can share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week, and we'll be back here next Saturday, February the 17th, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.